0: We're so glad to be here this morning and uh, share with you years ago when uh, Bethany was still out in the old building out on the old uh, highway. uh, I was there to preach a revival for four days, stayed in Ben Bean's house and spent time with that family, and have known the Arms family for years and years and years, and uh, uh, knew all those folks when I was teaching and coaching at St. Louis Christian College. And so I'm just grateful to be back here this morning, and Evan is very special. Uh, to us at Chapel Rock and to our family. Uh, His uh, mom and dad, uh, we vacationed. My wife and I vacationed with his mom and dad. They're close friends and uh, good supporters. And uh, I watched Evan grow up in the faith. And uh, we brought him back from Bible college a couple of different times. And he interned at one point uh, with our youth department. And then he interned under me for a summer. and, And he cut his teeth on some preaching and some rather difficult situations and um, uh, did a couple funerals here and there and uh, set in on counseling appointments and that kind of thing and so we're grateful that now you have uh, a young man who is uh, a Timothy in the faith and uh, we keep track of him though we we keep an eye on him from Indianapolis and uh, and you know every once in a while if I have to put my thumb on him I will but um, but we're glad he's doing what he's doing God's called him to an important ministry Just about two years ago, Derek Jeter, who was the captain of the New York Yankees, shortstop all of his life in that organization, uh, Derek Jeter retired from baseball. But he had done something that not many people do in the world of sports any longer. He stayed with one organization his entire career. Most athletes these days move with the money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if there's another organization at the end of their contract, Who will pay them more money, that's where they go. And then if that contract ends and there's more money somewhere else, that's where they go. And Derek Jeter didn't do that. At times his contract was coming to an end, and negotiations were underway, and other teams were gonna give him more money to move to their city. And Derek Jeter would say, No, thank you. I'm a New York Yankee. And he would stay, and he would he would persevere in new york one of the greatest markets for criticism if you're an athlete that you can play in is new york city he did it and he stayed with them all those years and and he at the end of his career he retired as a yankee and now these days he travels for the yankee organization not very often but every once in a while to speak and to motivate on behalf of the new york yankees faithful to the end that was Derek jeter in that situation, I don't know about you, but I don't see that very often in, in the lives around us. I don't see people who are staying in one job for 40 years or one place for 30 years and then retiring. I don't see that much anymore. People have a tendency, even in their employment, to follow the money, to, to, to do what they think is best for their career or for their family, but not really stick with it, not persevere, not hang in there, not get to the end. In one place, we find that to be true. Not only in work situations, we find that to be true in ministry as well. And ministry is tough these days. You know, I've been at it now for forty years. I don't look that old, do I? Saying no. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, for forty years, I've been doing this in various ways. But but it's getting harder. It's getting more difficult. And, and uh, sometimes uh, people quit. I know friends of mine who have been in ministry for years and years, and they just can't do it anymore. And they struggle to get to the end, to be faithful all the way to the end. It's difficult for them to do that. In During World War II in Germany, when Hitler was in charge, and they were sweeping into other countries, they swept into, into Austria. They took over, and they took over not only in the sense of land, but they, they arrested people and they took many people into captivity. And one such person, Dr. Victor Frankl, who was a psychiatrist, a leading psychiatrist of those days, also a medical doctor, they took him. Not only because he was a doctor and he had education and knowledge and uh, that's what Hitler did not want. He didn't want any educated people around. He burned as many books and as many Bibles as he could, and he didn't want guys around who were like that because they might be able to rise up and cause him problems. Dr. Viktor Frankl was like that. They arrested him, his wife, his children. They took them into captivity. They spent uh, several years in different concentration camps. And those... Those days were tough. Dr. Frankel's wife was taken away from him, sent to another camp. Children under another camp. His parents to another camp. His dad died in uh, camp. His wife uh, died while she was in concentration camp. And Auschwitz became a home for a while for Dr. Frankel. And through all those difficult times, he persevered. He hung in there to the very end. And when the American army uh, liberated Auschwitz at toward the end of World War II, he was liberated as well. Dr. Viktor Frankl once wrote these words, and I want you to see them. He said, a weak faith is weakened by predicaments and catastrophes, whereas a strong faith is strengthened by them. If you've got a weak faith to begin with, there's almost anything and everything that comes through life that'll throw you off. Game that'll take you out of what you do. If you have a weak faith in the Lord, then you'll allow anything to sidetrack you and get you off the path. But if you have a strong faith, if you've claimed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that strong faith, those catastrophes, those predicaments, those difficult times, those trials, those tests of your faith will only make you stronger. I'm a big believer that adversity will always make you stronger. If you handle it the right way and you turn it over to the Lord, adversity will make you stronger in your faith. And Dr. Frankel was right. In Revelation, the second chapter, the very end of the New Testament, God is speaking to us and God says something unique. In that passage, he says, Do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. There are going to be difficult days for believers. You think it's tough now? <laughs> You've not seen it. And I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you'll suffer persecution for at least ten days. We don't know if that ten days is literal, or if it is a representation of a block of time. But the Bible says, be faithful, even to the point of death, and I'll give you life as your victor's crown. What's he talking about? He's talking about eternal life, isn't he? He's talking about everlasting life in heaven. He's talking about an eternity in the presence of the Lord. If you can go through all those things, you get to be in heaven in the presence of the Lord for the rest of eternity. That's a long time, you know. It's something to look forward to. It's something to count on. It's something to grab a hold of and put in place. If you belong to Jesus Christ and you are faithful to the end, then you can look forward to heaven. I don't know about you, I'm a big believer in heaven. I love to study about heaven. I love to read about it. I love to see what the scripture says about it. And and I also am a big fan of music. Now, I'm a fan of the Gaither Vocal Band, you know. I, I like some of those songs that they put together. And one of the songs that they sing is a song, The First Day in Heaven. Have you ever heard that song? Oh, it's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven, as you stroll down the Golden Avenue. There are houses left and right, you're thrilled with every sight, and the saints are always saying, "How do you do? It's a great great morning, your first day in heaven, when you realize your worrying days are through." You'll be glad you were not idle, you took time to read your Bible. It's a great morning for you. What's that talking about? Being faithful, staying in the word. Allowing the Word of God to direct your life. Allowing allowing God to take you and use you in in significant ways, in amazing ways. And I believe being faithful to the very end means that you're going to be in the presence of Jesus. That's where you find His strength. Rocky Abalsamo. A few years ago in the AP Wires, a national story went out. I picked it up. I kept it in my files. Rocky was a guy who uh, married a young lady early in life, and they loved each other. They were married almost 70 years when she passed away. Every day for the next 20 years after that burial, Rocky went to that graveside and spent time. For the first 12 years, he would take a lawn chair, and he would go out in the morning, and he would put the lawn chair out, and he would stay for sometimes eight hours a day, just sitting by the graveside, and he would just reminisce and cry and think and talk and that kind of thing. did that for 12 years. People began to think he was a little strange. Some people thought he was, uh, you know, kind of weird. His children tried to encourage him to do something different. Finally, finally, after 12 years, he began to space it out a little bit, but he still went. Every other day, every third day, he would go out and not spend all eight hours, but spend some time there, and he would unfold that chair and stay beside that grave, and, and he just wanted to be there. And finally, his health became so bad, and nearing the end of that 20-year span, that, that he couldn't go all the time. In fact, the last year, he made it very seldom. And, and right before Rocky passed away, one of his children said, Dad, Dad, you know, I, I just need to know, why did you do that all those years? Why did you go out there and sit and and stay and and do those things? Why were you by that graveside all that time? Why did you do that? And Rocky's uh, response is unique. He said, because when I am there, because we were one, there I feel whole. There I feel whole. Faithful. To the end, Man, if I were a coach and I said, I want you to be to the end, that'd mean I want you to play every minute of the game, I want you to be just as good in the first minute of the game as you are in the last minute of the game, I don't want you to give up, I don't want you to quit, I don't want you to stop, I want you to keep pressing on, I, I want you to go to the very end, be faithful to this team, be faithful to the pursuit. Uh, of excellence, and, and I want you to do that. If I were a boss, a manager, a, in a store, or in a business, I'd say, I want you guys to clock in, and I want you to work hard from that point of time to the end of your shift. I want you to be faithful to what you do here, and do everything you can to do it with excellence. Do it to the very end. Don't give up. Don't quit. Persevere. Move through the trials. Just get to the end and do it well. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying to this young preacher, Timothy. He's saying, Man, you got to carry out your ministry and you got to do it to the very end. You know, and it's okay if you get to the very end. If you spend 30 years in a job or, or you get to be at that certain age and you're ready to retire and you step away from a vocation, that's great. But when you belong to Jesus Christ, when you're a Christian, when you're a follower of His, there is no retirement from you being a Christian, from you doing the ministry of God, from you fulfilling that which God has called you to do. And that's what Paul is saying to Timothy, the young preacher. He's encouraging him not to give up, not to quit, persevere, get through the trials. The ministry's hard, really hard. So he writes these words. In Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, as you conclude this study of Second Timothy today, he says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, The time has come for my departure. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And then we jump down to the latter part of that chapter in verse 16 17, and we'll even add 18. At my first offense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me, Paul writes. Everybody ran out. Everybody gave up. They quit. May it not be held against them. Wow. Forgiveness and grace. Boy, if you wanted to preach, Evan, if you ever want to preach about forgiveness and grace, that one verse will do it. But then he goes on to say in 17, But the Lord stood by my side. Who stood by his side? Say it with me, church. The Lord, right? The Lord stood by my side. And he gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all of the other Gentiles may hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Now the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack, will bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. What does amen mean? It means so be it. That's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to happen. And He says if you you stand with God, He'll stand with you. He'll be there when nobody else is. So what do we learn from this text? What do we take away from it we can apply to our lives and put to work, so that we can be faithful to the end. There's two things today. Two things you want to draw out of this text. Two things you want to apply to your life, okay? And number one is this. To be faithful, then you just need to finish strong. Okay? You need to finish strong. If you're going to be faithful... God says, you need to finish strong. Now that means that that you're going to go to the very end. You're not going to give up. You're not going to quit. You're going to persevere. You're going to move through the difficult times of life. Just a couple years ago, James McDonald, who preaches at Harvest Chapel just outside of Chicago, I heard him preaching a message, and in that message about heaven, he said, man, when I get to the very end, he said, I do not want to limp into heaven. I want to go in full speed. I want to go in with everything I've got. And I thought, you know what? That's it. That's what I want to do. That's what Paul is talking about with Timothy. You don't want to limp into heaven. You don't want to go in just dragging yourself along. You want to go in full speed. You want to go in being faithful. You want to go in doing what God has called for you to do in your life. Now, there's a couple phrases here we have to understand from verse 6. The first one simply says that that he's being poured out like a drink offering. Now, that was one of the offerings they made in the Old Testament tabernacle area. A drink offering was something that was brought in a jar. It was a fluid, and when it was poured out, that jar was then shaken until the very last drop was gone. And here Paul says, I'm like that drink offering. I have lived my life, I've done my ministry, I've worked really hard, I've persevered, and I'm being poured out right now. I mean the last drop is coming. I'm just about to die. I'm just about to leave this earth. And so, Timothy, you need to know. You need to be faithful. You know, if you ask the Apostle Paul one thing, what he would say at the end of life, to anybody he'd say, you just be faithful. Don't give up on God, because He won't give up on you. You be faithful. Be poured out. He's being poured out. And the second phrase then that comes, it says, it's time for my departure. That word departure is a unique word in the text that means that, that you're getting ready to, to set sail. You're getting ready to be unloosed. You're getting ready to pull up the tent pegs. If you've been camped out somewhere in life, you're pulling up the tent pegs. You're folding up your tent, and you're getting ready to leave. And Paul said, man, I'm getting ready to go. and I'm getting ready to go somewhere where all of you need to want to be. That's heaven. And so, Timothy, you've got to carry on the ministry. Timothy, you have to step up. You've got to be strong. You've got to finish strong in your life. Don't let anyone or anything drag you away from living your life for Jesus. Don't allow that to happen. You call upon the name of the Lord. You call upon the strength of the Lord. You allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. You make sure that you're not going to be dragged away by those things of this life. Notice, if you will, in verse seven, he says three things. He says that uh, I have uh, fought the good fight. What does that mean? It means that man he's fighting, he's striving, he's trying to make a make a way. He's gonna he's gonna be what he needs to be. And that'll notice he says I fought he didn't say I fought a fight. I fought a good fight. That doesn't mean I I was like everybody else. I fought a good fight. The God came into my life, and I fought a good fight. I was trying to stay strong. And notice he says, I finished the race. That means I've been faithful. I've stayed strong. I've gotten there, and I'm staying with it. And then the last thing is, he says, I kept the faith. I kept the faith. I didn't give up on God. I didn't walk away from Him. When things got a little tough... I didn't hide. When things got a little difficult in life, I didn't blame him. I turned to him. When things got a little strained, I didn't walk away. I stayed right where God wanted me to be, and God stood right beside me. I fought a good fight, I finished the race, and I kept the faith. Those are, those are three phrases that, that you need to know in your heart and in your mind so that you can use those in the days to come. What was Paul trying to say to Timothy? He's trying to say, you need to be strong, man. You've you got to hang tough. You've got to do what God's called you to do. When Joshua was getting ready to take over for Moses, now you, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine following Moses? The guy who led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. The guy who split the Red Sea. The guy who led them across. The guy who did all those things that God spoke to on the mountain. Gave the Ten Commandments. And now your assignment is to be the next guy. (laughs) I can't imagine that. And Joshua was scared to death to take the leadership role that Moses has held. But here's what God told him in Joshua, the first chapter. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Now, he was talking about what had already been written, right? The Ten Commandments, and those things are already written down. Be faithful to that. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Did you notice the three times in four verses? He said, be strong, be courageous. Be strong. Finish strong. Be strong in what you do for the Lord. Be courageous. Don't back up. Don't make excuses. Don't compromise. You be strong for the Lord. And you'll be rewarded in the very end. God will take care of you. And God will meet your needs. I think sometimes we back down, don't we? In a world that that becomes more and more difficult to live out our faith in, sometimes we compromise. Sometimes we, um, we back away from the challenges of life. We have the opportunity to speak the Word of God into somebody's life, to speak the truth into their life, and we just back up. Man, don't do that. Be faithful to the very end. Focus on the Word of God. Hide it in your heart. Let it come out of your mouth. Okay, And God... We'll reward you on that day. So finish strong. Don't give up and don't back away. Here's the second thing you need to apply in your life. If you jump on down to the latter part of that passage, he says here that we need to stand with the Lord. I'm always encouraged by this passage because it says you need to stand with the Lord. Why? Because he was standing with Paul. You know, if you're faithful to Jesus Christ, if you give your life to Him and you stand up for Him and you represent Him in this world, He will stand with you. And how you do that? You stand on the Word of God. You stand on the truth of the Word of God. You don't allow that to slip away from you. You don't let that to get away. Because you're going to receive a victor's crown. You're going to receive a reward on that day. I'm a big believer in the Word of God. I'm a big believer in memorizing the Word of God. I'm a big believer that any temptation you'll ever face in this life can be met with the Word of God and defeated. I believe the Word of God is the catalyst for change in your life. I believe that the Word of God is the foundation on which you should build your life. I believe that the Word of God is so strong that Satan cannot stand up to one single word of truth. Why? Because he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He wants to destroy, not build up. He wants to ruin, not encourage. He's opposite of everything that Jesus was and is. And so I want you to be strong, and I want you to, to finish strong. I want you to stand with the Lord. You do that by standing on His Word. Here's what I believe about the Word of God. When you stand on the Word of God, you become the majority. I don't care if there's 10,000 people who tell you that, oh, it was written for the first century. It doesn't make any difference anymore. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and His Word's going to be the same, and so you need to stand on His Word because then He's going to build you up. He's going to stand with you in that presence. There are three scriptures I want to show you real quickly from the Bible that I think you need to know about. 1 Peter 4.11 If anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, to Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. There it is again. So be it. Amen. Here's the next one. And I can do all things through Him, that's through Christ, who gives me the strength to do them. Philippians 4.13 And then this one, 2 Corinthians 12, that's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, that's when I am strong. And you're going to say, that does not make sense, right? Sure it does. Because when you surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, when you give Him the priority place in your life, He becomes your strength. He becomes your power. His presence makes a difference for you. Stand with Him, not without Him. Years ago, I picked up a story from John Kellinger, a preacher, author. He was preaching in New York City, in Manhattan, in a church, and... He was being hosted one night for a meal and people got together and after the dinner they decided to walk in Manhattan and take a look around. That's something you won't want to do these days, but he was doing it in those days. And John Kellinger said a lady in the group began to talk about what had happened in her life. She had moved to New York City. Uh, Not too shortly after that, her husband left her. Uh, Then her kids grew up and they moved away and one even abandoned her, would not speak to her. She felt so alone one night, she said she came out to this very place. She looked over on a bridge. She had all the thoughts of walking over the bridge, getting up on the rail and just jumping off. She said then she began to look up. She saw the sky, lights, the city. She looked over and saw the Statue of Liberty and the bay. And then she noticed the sky, what God had created that night. She said a peace came over her. And all of a sudden, she said she didn't feel alone. She sensed His presence. And she said she gave in to the Lord at that time. And she said ever since, whenever temptations come her way, whenever difficult stretches of life happen, she said, I come right back out here to the same spot. I look up in the sky. And God comes near. You see, you don't have to stand alone. Isn't that what Paul said to Timothy? You don't have to stand alone. You don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to go through life and try to figure out what's going to happen next. You don't have to go through life and and think about the difficult time you're in and be in a valley and not know that there's a peak coming. For when you stand with Him, He stands with you. And He becomes your strength. So be faithful to the end, Paul wrote. Stay with Him. He's the one who will always stay with you. If you'd like to have a God like that in your life, if you'd like to have a Savior like Jesus who will never quit, who will never walk away, who will never turn His back on you, you can do that today. You can make a decision for Christ today. Name Him as your Lord and Savior. Why don't we pray? Father in heaven, I know, Lord, that uh, we're all going to face difficult times in life. There are going to be some things come our way, Lord, that we just don't handle very well. They're going to drag us down, Lord. They're going to beat us up pretty good. So, Lord, I I pray that that today, that, that if there's someone here who's feeling that and sensing that, and yet they don't know your presence, I pray right now, Lord, that they'll begin to sense that you're there. And then, Lord, they'll surrender their heart and their life to you, and you, through your Holy Spirit, will move in. And, Lord, they don't have to walk through life alone. And as they're faithful, you'll even be more faithful. And they won't walk this path alone. So Lord, work with them. Convict their hearts right now. And Lord, help them to make a decision that will bring honor and glory to your name. I pray in this. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.